Hello and welcome to Law Implications, a special Pokemon episode that was meant to be uh, created and released for the 27th of February, but uh, unfortunately some things came up. Now, what's so special about the 27th of February? Well, uh, this year was Pokemon's 20th anniversary on that particular date. Uh, admittedly, it's only been uh, out in the West for 18 years, as it released on uh, at some point in August, I believe, back in uh, 1998, I believe. But it's been 20 years in Japan, at the very least, which means that we uh, we could probably consider that the primary birthday of the uh, series. Um, for today, I figured that I would examine the... Um, the primary origin story uh, or myth found in the Pokemon lore. And yes, there does exist Pokemon lore outside of the Pokedex entries. In fact, the Pokedex entries themselves could be considered to be in-universe lore as they act more as legends and common superstitions related to the uh, Pokemon you, that you'd find here and there. Uh, like stories of Charizard, uh, flame on his tail, burning with god knows how many millions of uh, degrees Celsius, which just, yeah, if that's not a uh, superstitious exaggeration, I don't know what is. Um, now, for those of you who might be familiar with the franchise due to having played it as a child, a lot of you are familiar with Mew, the, uh, the supposed first Pokémon or the ancestor to every other Pokémon. Uh, those of you who've been into the franchise a bit longer and have played uh, the fourth generation of games, that would be uh, Diamond, Pearl and Platinum, are perhaps familiar with Arceus, or Arceus, depending on how you wish to pronounce it, um, who's the original Pokémon, the Alpha Pokémon, um, and is said, uh, is said to have created the very universe. Uh, and that the whole Arceus is God meme was actually so popular at one point in time that there's e even a mention of it in House, of all things. Uh, but then again, Hugh Laurie, if, if he wouldn't do a joke about Arceus being God, then I don't know who would. But anyway, Mew versus the Sinnoh, that would be the region of the fourth generation of games, the Sinnoh creation myth. According to a myth that you can actually find in-game, in the fourth generation games, uh, there is uh, this, uh, this story that has been passed down um, uh, amongst people in, I believe it's Canalave City, where there's also a library that you can find and read things in. Uh, it goes like this. In the beginning, there was only a churning turmoil of chaos. At the heart of chaos, where all things became one, appeared an egg. Having tumbled from the vortex, the egg gave rise to the original one. From itself, two beings the original one did make. Time started to spin. Space began to expand. From itself again, three living beings the original one did make. The two beings wished, and from them matter came to be. The three living things wished, and from them spirit came to be. The world created the original one took to unyielding sleep. Now, this is a very basic uh, version of the creation myth, but that's the one that's found in-game, if nothing else. The original one is Arceus. Um, the first two that they made were 
Dialga and Palgia, uh, the dragon of time and the dragon of space. Time started to spin and space began to expand. The three living things are the ones referred to as the Lake Trio, uh, Asylv, Uxi, and Mesprit, uh, each of them uh, representing various various states of mind, one might say. One is representing uh, emotions, another willpower, and the last one is representing knowledge, um, hence spirit. Um, from there on, we uh, we can look at uh, the uh, the, uh, the kind of uh, world that they uh, they created. So Arceus, together with the uh, the Algon Palkia, started everything. Everything began to move uh, when the two came into being. Again, space expanding, time spinning. And so uh, at some point uh, throughout this, well, Earth must have come into being. Um, a common theory among people who really, really, really like Pokemon is that uh, through uh, through creation uh, of the uh, two, uh, Dialga and Palkia, and a third one that we will touch on later, Giratina, um, came the creation of others as well, such as the um, uh, the uh, so-called weather trio that uh, were the legendary Pokemon of the third generation of games that would be Kyogre of the oceans, uh, Groudon of land, and Rayquaza of the sky. Rayquaza sort of keeping um, Kyogre and Groudon in check, being uh, the being supreme to the, those two. Um, and when Kyogre was created, so could waters be created, and oceans, and when Groudon was created, so could land mass come into being. And those, of course, occupied primarily space, although time, of course, moved within them. There are also um, further legendaries that could fit into these categories, like we have... Um, if any of you have seen the second Pokemon movie where we have uh, the three birds from the first uh, generation of games, uh, Articuno, Sapdos, um, Moltres, alongside uh, Lugia from the uh, second generation, um, those all three represent uh, ocean currents in a sort of way. Uh, Articuno representing the cold currents, Moltres the warmer currents, Sapdos is more a representative of ocean storms, whereas Lugia is just the guardian of the seas. Then we have, from the fourth generation as well, we have Manaphy and Fion, who, uh, who represent cold seas and warm seas. On the opposite side, we have uh, Ho-Oh, the, uh, well, uh, the opposite of Lugia, who is then the guardian of land, and he revived three dog-like Pokemon in the, uh, that then turned into Raikou, Entei, and Suicune. Um, those representing the lowlands, mountains, lakes, and rivers, respectively. So we have stuff on land, still lakes and rivers being uh, pools of water, but they are for the most part landlocked, although rivers can, can end up in oceans, if nothing else. And lakes can be connected to the oceans through underground water channels. Furthermore, we have Heatron, who is a living volcano. We have um, we have Regigigas, who is a uh, who who is said to be a Pokemon that moves continents, so continental drifts. So the we have 
uh, we have the other Regis who represent not necessarily different elements, but uh, different things that land consists of rock, ice, and steel, or steel and iron, you know what I mean. And that's just one half, that's just the half of the legendaries that you can sort of connect to landmass and the, the creation of uh, uh, habitable areas. There's, and then there's the whole more conceptual uh, arena of uh, <laughs> of, uh, po- uh, of po- uh, Pokemon, the ones that represent life, death, uh, truth, ideals, uh, nightmares and dreams, and all that kinds of uh, kind of thing. Uh, those, yeah, it's it's very much a a type of law that would be perfect for this particular podcast, given that there are plenty of implications that one can draw uh, from the various bits of. Uh, of law that are established, if nothing else. Arceus is seen as the creator. He created the Alga and Palkia, time and space. They also had a third counterpart uh, as to sort of balance them out. Um, Giratina. Um, it is not. He's not mentioned as much in these myths because he is considered to have been banished by Arceus for rebelling against the greater machinations of Arceus. Um, in this case, he was uh, exiled to a world called the Distortion World, where he became the guardian of antimatter, essentially uh, made sure that this alternate dimension didn't collapse into the current dimension. And that was his lot in life from then on. Giratina is a very, very... Uh, interesting Pokemon because he's in some fashion described as sorta of, sorta of evil in how he he moves against Arceus's greater plan for creation um, not unlike how Lucifer uh, rebelled against uh, God in the uh, Christian uh, mythos and eventually uh, yeah, fell by being exiled from heaven um, nothing speaks to Giratina being the favorite son of uh, Arceus. Uh, I, 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 I very much or doubt that uh, he, it was due to jealousy of any uh, of any kind that he rebelled. He probably just felt like he could do a better job than Arceus, perhaps. Um, but in general, he's still in a protective role. He he still protects the creation of Arceus from the invasion of the antimatter universe, or the so-called distortion world. There is also... Um, a, 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 there are a lot of minor myths you can find in the fourth-generation games. Uh, a, another example would, would be um, this myth that uh, is supposed to explain um, why wild Pokémon appear in grass. Uh, long ago, when Sinnoh had just been made, Pokémon and humans led separate lives. That is not to say they did not help each other. No, indeed they did. They supplied each other with goods and supported each other. A Pokemon proposed to the others to always be ready to help humans. It asked that Pokemon be ready to appear before humans always. Thus, to this day, Pokemon appear to us if we venture into tall grass. That doesn't quite explain why they would attack you, as is often assumed 
by the games when you walk into Torgras and thus you cannot possibly be allowed to leave your sleepy little village as a child without a Pokemon because what if the Pokemon attack you in Torgras and Torgras seems to surround just about every little village out in nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. We also have uh, the three states of mind at the, uh, at the Pokemon created to create spirit, the Lake Guardians, Uxie, Mesprit, and Asolf. Uh, there's a myth around them too. Three Pokemon there were. Into the lakes they dove. Deep, deep, drawing no breath. Deeper, deeper they dove. Into suffocating depths they dove. Deeper than deepest they alight. From the lake floor they rise, bearing with them the power to make vast lands they rise again. Um, this doesn't really help us a lot, although it does make it seem like they have some sort of ability to create land by carrying up soil from beneath the waters, apparently. Uh, and it could certainly be that they themselves created land before uh, Groudon uh, and Kyogre were brought in to sort of tame land and ocean. It is a, a possibility, but in the case of these three, their, primar uh, their primary um, role within the, mytho uh, the mythology of Sinnoh was to introduce the concepts of knowledge, emotion, and um, willpower to both Pokemon and humans. Now, here's where Mew come, uh, comes in. Uh, it's a it's not a generally accepted theory, but it is a reasonably common theory uh, between Pokemon fans that Mew is indeed the ancestor Pokemon, but not to every single Pokemon, but just the uh, those who weren't directly created by Arceus. So we have the majority of uh, Pokemon that you find that aren't legendaries. Those were most likely uh, descended from Mew, Mew being a sort of singular creature created to be the genetic bank uh, to bring Pokemon to the world that he had created, because why create a ton of various creatures? That seems like a lot of work when you can create one creature to then just slowly spread various new creatures as they uh, as they manage to form. We still don't know how Pokemon eggs are formed, and while it does, it does require two Pokemon, uh, there's no, uh, there's no in, there's nothing indicating that it actually requires, uh, let's call it intercourse, such as with Ditto being a formless blob that can admittedly take on the, fo uh, the form of any uh, any other Pokemon, and I'm not going to de uh, de delve into the uh, the, fa uh, the whole the, uh, there's the whole theory around uh, Ditto being a failed clone of Mew and somehow managing to duplicate and become a common-ish. Pokemon, but there's also that. But essentially, Mew was the progenitor of everything and still exists and still is the kind of source of new Pokemon and that might not be common uh, in our, all the regions. Funny thing, uh, in the first generation of games, it was directly stated that Mew was found in South America, in Guyana, I believe, um, which would imply that the Pokemon world was placed in the real world, but since then they've seemed to moved away uh, to have moved away from that idea. Admittedly, the Kanto region of the first game is essentially just uh, a um, rural region of yeah modern day Japan, so it's not like it doesn't exist. 
and it was, as far as I know, also based on that particular region of Japan. But um, they've seemed they've, they seem to have uh, gone away from that into you know just having a ton of regions that are placed in their own little Pokemon world elsewhere who just seem similar to other uh, to actual regions of this earth with the newest region Kalos being based on uh, France um, complete with uh, people speaking pseudo uh, French or a mangle of English and French in the uh, X and Y games um, the fifth generation games were based on America uh, Unova as it was called um, and how they decided to portray that was that there were giant bridges everywhere I mean everywhere if you wanted to go from one uh, one city to another you could be sure you would uh, to uh, cross at least one giant uh, bridge and of course they had like these huge mit- uh, metropolitan uh, cities uh, where uh, in, uh, instead of these small village city, uh, towns in Pokemon games have never been huge uh, and certainly never, never had much more than one building that could have been uh, con- considered to be a tall or large building. But then in fifth generation and you know where you have an entire city consi- consisting of basically skyscraper upon skyscraper because you couldn't see the actual top of the buildings. Um, back to, yeah, well, Mew and the creation legend. Uh, Mew is considered to be the ancestor Pokemon of the general Pokemon, not every single Pokemon in existence, but uh, in, in existence, but at least uh, the f- uh, first 250, probably more. Um, in consideration of the fact that we have two Pokemon that are specifically representing time and space, there's also from before the uh, the fourth ge- uh, generation of games, we have Celebi, who is said to be able to travel in time, uh, legendary or as they are called now, mythical. Uh, Pokemon from the second generation, uh, little. Uh, it looks like a living flower uh, of sorts with a few uh, buck-like traits as well, but I believe it's grass psychic type. Uh, so no buck in there whatsoever. Uh, it's capable of traveling in time, and it apparently represents like life uh, without. Uh, what could we call that? Uh, it, essentially, clean air. It, it, it represents the healthy. A healthy nature in some uh, some ways. We also have another Pokemon from the fourth generation that basically represents flower meadows and, you know, ha- the happiness that a healthy soil brings to an area. Um, whereas this one is basically uh, more, uh, it it represents less the soil and more the life brought through uh, to uh, to plant life and nature through clean air. There's an entire movie surrounding uh, Celebi that is basically it trying to save one forest by constantly traveling uh, through time to find various parts of uh, of the forest's uh, lifespan wherein uh, it, it saves it from whatever threat it might be facing, then either by uh, removing a Pokemon that poison the roots. I believe there's at one point in the movie where there's a couple of mugs that Poison the, gra- uh, the the ground table um, of the uh, forest uh, forestry area, and then it gets captured. But oh god, it's been years since I watched that movie. I'm afraid. Um, but it's capable of traveling in time, so that sort of exists 
Besides the Alga, not as a Pokemon with power over time, but the po a Pokemon with the ability to set itself outside of time, if nothing else. Then we have a more recent addition called Hoopa uh, from the sixth generation of games. Um, it's a so-called Ginny uh, or Jin Pokemon, um, and it is capable of traveling through space. It can create uh, interdimensional portals. Uh, well, it can actually open up a portal to the distortion world where uh, Giratina exists is unknown, but it is shown in the most recent uh, movie to be in, uh, translated into English at, uh, at the very least to be able to uh, create a portal from which it can summon Arceus himself. So one would assume that it is also powerful enough to drag Giratina out of the distortion world. And Hooper just like Celebi, would then be considered to not have power over uh, over space itself, but at the very least uh, be able to exist outside of it and therefore uh, be on par with, yeah, Palkia. Uh, I was almost about to say Dialga there. Um, but on par with uh, Palkia, the ruler of space. We have... A ton of other, uh, other legendaries. There are the ones that represent nightmares and dreams. They would exist more over in those that that, di that are directly meant to influence uh, humans and Pokemon, I would say, rather than the er er area that we live in and therefore are not pertinent to the creation myth as such. Although they also exist in the Sinnoh myths because they were introduced in the fourth generation. Um... We can go. Uh, we can discuss whether or not Mew is the actual ancestor Pokemon. But the fact of the ma uh, matter is that uh, Mew was added to uh, Pokemon at a point in time where no one beyond the guy who created it actually knew that it was in the game, and it was technically not meant to have been part of the greater mythos. At least not at first. It might have been that they wanted to introduce it with. Uh, uh, for those who don't know uh, the history of Pokemon games, um, Red and Green were the games that existed in Japan at first. Then they got an updated blue version, which was what we got back here when we got the first uh, red and blue versions. And then they got a Pokemon yellow version like a few months after they got blue versions uh, with even more updates. Plus you could play as Pikachu and could get all three of the um, starter Pokemon as well. Uh, Mew uh, was perhaps meant to have been introduced in the blue version or the uh, yellow version rather than in the act uh, having been in the actual first two games. We don't know. We know that the, uh, the, the name was trademarked at some point before Pocket Monsters was even trademarked. So there's definitely been something there, but it might have been used. Uh, might have, they might have wanted to use it for something else entirely at first. We we can't say for uh, certain. So there are certain holes in the purpose of. Mew, and it's just become whatever it's become by now. It doesn't help the fact that people are suggesting that uh, that the visage of Mew is very much like that of a an embryo. And uh, f furthermore, there are uh, the com uh, the common conception that uh, Mew was uh, sort of inspired by um, a sort of theory in uh, more or less debunked theory in uh, biology called the recapitulation theory which essentially means that an embryo went through stages where it would look similar to re previous evolutionary stages of the particular being that it, it would eventually grow into before it sort of settled into the final stage that would then grow into 
what it would become, and uh, that's and that's what a lot of people assume to be Mew Steel. I don't know if I necessarily believe it. I still think it looks like a cat made entirely of flesh and not much else. Uh, admittedly, it's only the head, not the actual body, that looks like uh, that of a cat. But uh, I don't know. Uh, even the name Mew. I mean, come on. But that's that's besides the point. Creation myth recap. Arceus creates time and space which uh, in the form of their own Pokemon and in order to keep them in check he also creates Giratina uh, uh, representing antimatter uh, in order to further imbue his future creations or the stuff that has been created through the creation of time and space he then creates willpower, emotions and knowledge in the form of Asolf, Axi and Mesprit not in the correct order Mesprit being emotions, Oxy being knowledge, and Asolf being willpower. They then either went down into the oceans to create land, which is a possibility, but it could also be a reference to the fact that uh, when you first enter the areas in the game where you can find the the, uh, the members of this lake trio, there's just water there, but when you get, there, uh, get to the part of the game where you can actually find these creatures there's suddenly caves that you can air uh, you can enter that are floating above the water so it's likely that they just create they create their own layers for whenever they wish to appear and otherwise hide beneath the waters until then of course that is just my own personal interpretation of this um there are others to uh, other ways to go about it anyway these creatures imbue the other creatures with uh, emotions willpower knowledge um in the case of uh, the already existing uh, Dialga, Palgia, and Giratina, I assume that it might have been the creation of the uh, or the inclusion of at least uh, emotions that would probably cause Giratina to rebel and eventually uh, be banished to the Distortion World in order to be a guardian there. Um, Mew is eventually created in order to bring more life to the uh, uh, to the world. And along with Mew, a bunch of other legendary creatures that are then made to uh, to sort of keep things in check. Weather, uh, ocean currents, wind currents, landscape, um, volcanoes, mountains. Uh, we, we still have um, two Pokemon from the fifth generation that are essentially one represents wind being the very unique type of Pokemon that is only flying type and nothing else, the only one in the game at present. Um, so he would definitely represent wind in just about any shape or form. Either he represents just wind in general or he represents storms uh, because he has a counterpart who is uh, flying electric and he certainly represents lightning, being essentially based on uh, Raijin from Japan, uh, Japanese uh, mythology. Uh, who is their thunder god, complete with drums and everything? So, and they they also have they have a god of fertility, or a, at least a, a Pokemon representing fertility to keep them in check, which would also uh, sort of fit. Although uh, one would assume that then the uh, one who is just flying should have had some water in there to represent. Uh, uh, hurricanes or te uh, tempests, something in order to fertilize the land. But that—that's uh, 
uh, a whole other story. Finally, we have the uh, all the Pokemon that I've neglected to mention, and I still won't go into the same amount of detail that I have about about the uh, the ones that are more connected to the general creation of the world, but uh, those related more to the actual, should we say, lives of Pokemon and people, for that matter, in the Pokemon world, it would be um, po uh, Pokemon such as uh, Psygarde from the current 6th generation, um, who is set to uh, control the balance between life and death, which would be um, Cernius and Iviltal, the legendaries of respectively X and Y edition of the 6th generation. Um, he makes sure that there's not an, an overabundance of life, and at the same time makes sure that we're on even amount of death in comparison to the amount of life. There, then we have, like, uh, Deoxys, who is the uh, DNA Pokémon, the alien Pokémon, the one to prove that at least some Pokémon came from outer space rather than having naturally evolved on the planet that the humans also live on because he arrives on a meteorite, and again, it's supposed to be designed with uh, a DNA strand in, uh, in mind. Uh, a so-called double helix, among other things. Um, then we have the Pokémon I mentioned earlier, Cresselia and Darkrai, which uh, represent dreams and nightmares. We have stuff like Shaman that I mentioned earlier, who could represent... Uh, clean nature, a fertile ground upon which happiness is born because it represents gratitude through the exchange of flowers, which is, yeah, very, very, very Japanese. Um, we have a little star-shaped uh, creature called Jirachi, which represents wishes and is capable of granting any wish. Um, we have... Victini, who represents victory and can bring victory to whomever possesses uh, him, or in this case, whoever befriends him. We have, um, and then we have the four musketeers, yes, musketeers of um, the Pokemon world: uh, Cobalion, Terrakion, Rerishion, and um, Keldeo, who are based on the musketeers of the books, um, and they are supposed to be the protectors of Pokemon, protecting them against. Uh, against humans who might otherwise abuse them, being the sort of uh, judges uh, of when a, po a human goes too far in their treatment of Pokemon. So there's some sort of balance there, although there's seemingly no one to protect the humans from potential abuse of the Pokemon, because, again, it's only us humans who are apparently evil in this uh, universe, or have the capacity for evil at any rate. And then there, there's even a category of, of supposedly human-created Pokémon. Well, we all know Mewtwo, Mewtwo is a clone of Mew, so clearly that one is uh, is a human-made. Uh, but there are also a few more that at least speculation points towards being human-made. Uh, human and then we have the uh, like the legendaries of uh, of the fifth generation, whom I'm not going into because. They had their whole uh, own myth surrounding them and the creation of Unova, which I mentioned earlier, and th that's not going to mix well with the overall supposed creation myth of Sinnoh. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this particular uh, episode. I will probably do similar special episodes, hopefully 
along with Pooch or Nick Transu uh, as we get to various events uh, that would allow for it. Uh, I believe we uh, we are considering making a Dark Souls uh, law uh, episode uh, specifically for the release of Dark Souls 3. Um, and I could very well imagine that we will eventually get around to Warcraft when uh, that new expansion for that is... Uh, or for the expansion for World of Warcraft, not Warcraft itself, uh, once uh, it releases later this year. Uh, otherwise, in relation to the movie release, that could also be a thing that we could do. But uh, any, uh, as always, any wishes or any uh, ideas that you might have for uh, for us, and of course any feedback of any kind, we would very much appreciate. Um, finally, I can leave you with uh, the implication that maybe just maybe there is a creature that is uh, or there are creatures that are stronger or at least as strong as the uh, creator Arceus because as I mentioned Celebi and Hooper exist outside of time and space which would make them at least similar to Arceus who is the only one else we know to have existed outside of these two things uh, and they could very well have pow uh, powers that would then allow them to become creators themselves uh, I would very much like to hear what you might think about the, uh, that. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. And you have a good, well, whatever it is, night, day. Ta-ta.